The CLNS Media Network is powered by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. In everybody to the official end of the preseason. That's one thing we can celebrate after tonight, correct? I'm so happy. Uh, uh, I was over this game in the second quarter. <laughs> this, I mean, you know, wow. <laughs> this this is what it was um you know for those of you who uh have joined us and will join us uh thanks for hanging out uh we don't intend on being here that long uh because really i mean what are we doing here taylor what are we doing here talking about this there there's still some things to talk about um but not much from this game can be gleaned this was this was bubble watch um, no starters played. I, I, I mean, what was the final tally on offense? Uh, a lot to a little favoring the Titans. <laughs> did we, did they finish on 79 total yards? They did 79 total yards of offense. Woo. So again, nothing entertaining about this. We were hoping maybe you might catch a little Zeke. Didn't happen. Um, Mac, we knew was sitting because they didn't want to get him killed. That's good business. Uh, there's not much else here. So I guess what we'll talk about here is, uh, whether or not anybody made a case for themselves here, because again, you're talking about final 53s and I know Taylor, you published one earlier in the week. Um, you know, I'm curious whether anything has changed your mind. And again, sometimes it's as much about who does what and who doesn't play and how much they play. And there's certain things that you can read into here. So I guess, snapshot right out of the gate do you have a number one takeaway from this game number one takeaway i just tweeted it is that the sixth round rookies can ball and honestly the takeaway for demario douglas and kayshawn booty is because they didn't really play kayshawn booty was on for one drive we didn't see him the rest of the game if he were a bubble guy we would have seen him a lot and he wasn't really there, so I think he pretty much locked up a spot. Uh, tomorrow, Douglas, I think he might be working with an injury, but we hadn't seen him all preseason anyway. Um, yeah, beyond that, I guess uh, Bailey Zappi's evaluation is so tough because he didn't have a real offense around it, but the three fumbles were just freaking ridiculous. Well, look at it this way. He didn't have a real offense around him, and it's hard to say without the benefit of film if some of the sacks that he took, and he did take four sacks, and, and you know, were coverage – or he's holding it a bit too long. But even on throws that he made, he, his timing was off. And I understand your timing is going to be off when your nerves are jangled, when you don't have a lot of protection, uh, and when things aren't going your way. But he was either ahead of guys, behind guys, you know, uh, just not recognizing. Just He just wasn't crisp. He didn't really have any sort of rhythm to anything that he did uh, on this night. And again, I mean... It shows, uh, you know, in the in the final numbers, but this was pretty ugly. And it's again, it's what can you learn when you're not really playing with anything real? You know, mm -hmm. you know, even with Mac, when he did play in the preseason, uh, he's not playing with um, with the full offensive line in front of him. And so it's it's actually, you know, it's difficult to really gauge what he's able to do. So it's really hard to judge Zappy, but it's also going to be hard for anybody to come away from this game wondering, did Bailey Zappi cost himself the number two job tonight? I don't know if that's the case, because I just don't think you've got any real contenders for it yeah. behind him. But it is interesting when you look at Zappi and where he was last year, 
where he was in the summer uh, and entering camp with what people thought was at least a fair shot to make his case. Nobody thought he's really, really competing with Mac. But if Mm -hmm. he came in and lit the world on fire, yeah, conversations could have been had or if Mac didn't have a good camp. Uh, Bailey Zappi has not had a good summer overall. No. So not just tonight. We, it's not just tonight. Yeah. He, just, he hasn't had a good summer. Yeah. I remember the first practice. He was like, he was solid to begin training camp. The first practice where he really started to struggle, I think it was a couple of the sessions after they started to put the pads. You saw them bring out paddles. And I remember that was the first practice where I was like, whoa, he's having a really hard time because you saw there were paths that were getting batted down. There were some that were just completely off the mark. And you're like, all right, what's going on here? Like, he's having a really hard time. And then since then, we really haven't seen him bounce back. There really hasn't been anything in the preseason where he's been able to consistently put plays together. We saw last week he had a lot of really good throws on slants. Uh, but today, again, it's the evaluation is really tough because these are a lot of guys he's not really going to be playing with or that are even going to be on the active roster uh the 53 like there was one to Malik Cunningham where Cunningham probably should have settled in the zone as they said on the broadcast and he didn't which you know if you're just looking at it live you might think well Zappi was inaccurate but you know there's a chemistry thing there uh but beyond that yeah like the holding on the ball for too long obviously all the fumbles today weren't good his accuracy has been kind of all over the place in general so you know, not a lot of earlier in camp, you saw him start to push the ball downfield and he was being more aggressive and there was a lot of things to like. But since then, you really haven't seen any consistent days from him where you're like, all right, yeah, you know, if God forbid Mac goes down, Bailey's Zappi can step in like he did last year and do well. It's just it's not as uh, clean cut as I think it would be as, you know, we went into this uh training camp saying is there maybe not we I didn't you know I don't think most people did but some people were saying is there a QB competition and it hasn't been close at any point in the offseason and you know it's kind of discouraging because he is your top backup like Malik Cunningham for all the talent he has he's not someone who I think is really going to push for okay if we have to put a number two quarterback in it's going to be this guy so you're hoping that maybe Bailey Zappi finds a rhythm once the season starts or whatever, but yeah, or, not, uh, or not great for them. you're hoping you never ever have to see him play football again, uh, because course, really you don't ever want to see your backup quarterback in there. Um, but I think you know, at the very least, for anybody out there, whether you're a Mac guy or not a Mac guy, I always think the argument wasn't whether or not Bailey Zappi was better; it was whether Mac was that much better. Um, and I think that's what people were questioning last year is like, well, Mac's not setting the world on fire anyway. So are we certain he's the guy? It was a referendum on Mac, not a pro Zappy sort of thing. But I do think the reality kind of sets in that Bailey Zappy is what he is and who he is. And I think career backup would be a success for him, uh, you know, given the type of uh, quarterback he is and the type of, you know, arm talent he has and just overall you know what he's able to do Uh, he's not great he holds the ball a long time he doesn't have a big arm uh he's not exceedingly athletic he just is so Mm. um this will at least i i I don't mean to take out take it out on bailey zappy but i do think for the people out there who aren't big mac people um you at least can take solace knowing that patriots are entering uh the season with the best man for the job playing quarterback, whether or not he's able to do it. But I think you can kind of, this summer I think does put to rest a little bit of the whole zappy mania. And I don't know, can he, you know, should we give this guy a shot and blah, blah, blah. I don't, I didn't think it was ever real to begin with, but um, I, I certainly think you can, I, I think 
those stories are, are, are done with. Yeah, and I think we should be pretty optimistic about Mac. In just the brief sample size we saw against the Packers, you saw the relationship with Bill O'Brien where he's catering more towards what Mac does well. Like, you know, I wrote about in uh, the offseason, I had a piece on RPOs and empty, how those are things that are going to bring the best out of Mac. Because as he said himself, he wants to be, you know, more of a distributor. He wants to right. be somebody who gives his playmakers opportunities to do what they do best. And we've seen Bill O'Brien be able to do that and cater to the things that he excelled in in college. And I think Mac can be that point guard who really does just put the ball where he needs to. And then you got guys like Kendrick Bourne, who looks like he's about to have a career year. Devontae. Parker, obviously not a high target guy, but a big play threat and Hunter Henry down the middle. You know, I think he has enough complimentary weapons. We'll see what happens with the offensive line. Obviously, Riley Reef had an injury today. We're going to have to see what happens there. Don't know when Mike and Wendy and Cole Strange are necessarily going to come back. Uh, but if the trenches hold up, I think we are going to see a surprisingly good year from Mac. Yep. Um, so and again, we talked about the reason he didn't play tonight is because he got knocked around a good bit in that second preseason game, because again, the Patriots are playing without the majority of their offensive line. You know, I think, you know, Andrews played some and then Trent Brown a series or two, and then he was out and Mac got beat up, but that actually was one of the reasons why his uh, performance was somewhat impressive because he did take some hits and he had to hang onto the ball just to make a few throws. And it was the preseason. He had to step up and manipulate the pocket and move around uh, just to be able to do whatever it was that he was able to do uh, while the offensive line was not doing a great job uh, keeping guys away from him. So yeah, that's what we have there on the quarterback situation. Uh, rest of it, we got to see some stuff. You mentioned Butte plays the first series and then never again. You really do have to wonder what's going to happen here with this situation and with Thornton's injury and how they're going to play this. Uh, we talked about whether or not they can slide someone like him onto the practice squad. But, I mean, again, if you're a betting man right now, do the Patriots have to break camp uh, and, and in their final cutdowns with six receivers and then maybe make a move after that? I think so. Um, again, Booty, I think him playing one series, this was a this was an opportunity night where if you're kind of on the bubble, it's like, okay, are you going to make the practice squad? I don't really think there were a ton of guys that really are going to sneak onto the 53, maybe guys like Calvin Munson and Sam Roberts, who we'll touch on later. Uh, but yeah, Booty playing as little as he did, I think that was a signal that you know, his spot's pretty safe. They've also been trying to get him involved. We saw him get, I believe it was a kick return return uh, opportunity. So they want to get him involved in other ways to justify that spot. But when it comes to Taekwon, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them keep six receivers and then quickly put him on injured reserve so he can come back in a few weeks. Because that shoulder injury, if it's week to week and he's not looking good to start the season, then, you know, there's other guys I think that could contribute faster and who maybe do deserve those spots. Uh, you know, like a J.J. Taylor, maybe, or one of their offensive linemen to give them extra depth, who might be on the practice squad. So I do think they keep six initially, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Tyquan Thornton end up on IR pretty soon. Okay. Um, and I think that's what they probably have to do is make the team and then put them on IR designated to return. If that's what's going to happen, we did get to see Marte uh, Mapu play tonight yeah. uh, in, you know, some sort of action. Any impressions there? Yeah, I thought it was interesting. So it seems like the role for him is going to be like a safety early on. We saw in like first and second downs. He played a lot of deep safety, actually, yep. which is something we've seen a lot from him in camp. I didn't think that was going to be his role. I thought he was going to live near the line of scrimmage, whether that was in the slot, which is where he played a lot in college, and then maybe a linebacker and then drop safety. But again, we saw him deep half, deep middle a few times. And then we saw him play some linebacker more on late downs. Had a lot of plays. You saw him flying around out there. Obviously, that's what, again, we've seen in camp, the closing speed, the physicality. 
He did have the one missed tackle where I don't know how 15 for the Titans. He took a hit from him and Bledsoe. Bledsoe was a pretty big hitter too. Somehow made the catch, got out of both those tackles and went on for extra yards. But for the most part, I thought Mar- Marte Mapu had a good night. Um, and we saw the play where they had the third down stop after Bailey Zappi was strip sacked. Tough position for the defense already in scoring territory. And he was the one who was targeted. Wasn't a great throw, but you see him play to his leverage where Bledsoe was on the inside and he just waited for that outside breaking route and was all over it. Maybe if it was a perfect pass, the receiver or the tight end rather could have made a play on it. But still, that's what you wanted to see from Mapu, who was excellent in coverage in college as well. That that was something where, you know, even though he played at a smaller school, his instincts, how comfortable he was, he wasn't someone who was taking risks or anything. He was just consistently in good position, which led to a lot of turnovers and passes defense. So I thought you kind of saw what you wanted to see from him. Again, the tackling, the mishackle, you'd like to see him do a little bit better there. Uh, but I do think he's someone who it's such a deep safety room. So I can't really say that he's going to have a big role early on, but I would be shocked if they don't find reasons to put him on the field in certain packages. Okay, uh, let's talk about tonight. Who made a case for themselves that you might have had on the bubble or uh, maybe even off who you think um, showed enough tonight to maybe reconsider? Yeah, Calvin Munson. I think he's at the top of that list. He led the team with 10 tackles, had the interception where it was off a deflection, but he still showed amazing awareness to not only be in position to catch it, but also stop it from hitting the turf. thought that was a great play. Also had a pass defensed. Um, there was a play, the explosive run early on where he bit too far inside and the running back cut it back. That was on him. Uh, but for the most part, he's done a great job. I did a great job tonight. I think he's also been very good on special teams. I said, like quickly after he was signed, we started seeing him mix in with the top defense. And I was like, Hmm, that's pretty interesting because Raekwon McMillan obviously, unfortunately landed on injured reserve pretty early on this summer. But I think Raekwon McMillan, he's got better athleticism overall. He's, I think, in terms of physical ability, is maybe the most talented linebacker because he runs like I think four or five or something crazy like that and also has the power to be that downhill presence. I think Mac Wilson gives you that athleticism, but in terms of play recognition and strength at the point of attack, although he has gotten better in the latter area, I don't think he's someone that you really want to be playing very often. <clears throat> Like last year you saw against the Ravens and the Packers, his play recognition, he's either a tick slow or misdirection will take him completely out of the play. I think we saw that especially last week. So he's someone I thought was fighting for a spot. Did have a couple good plays, but Munson I think has been more consistent. Another guy who can really take on blockers and shed, has better play recognition, and can contribute on special teams, which is where McMillan had a big role as well. So I think he's a guy who can slide into that roster spot that McMillan vacated. And then also Sam Roberts, who I think has been one of their best defenders this preseason. Hasn't been perfect. He had the penalty last week that everyone kind of got on him about. Um, There are also times where his pad level is too high and you can see him kind of get washed out of plays. But for the most part, even sometimes when he loses the rep early with that upper body strength, he does a pretty good job of recovering and still getting in on the play. And more often than not, he's pushing guys back, you know, really being an impact guy for them. So I think these are two players who are going to probably sneak onto the roster. Bottom kind of guys who just barely snuck on. (laughs) But uh, Roberts, sixth-round pick uh, last year, he was already on the roster last season, so they clearly saw some value in keeping him around. Uh, And after a strong preseason, again, did have a boneheaded mistake. I don't know how much that plays into their evaluation, uh, but I think he did earn himself a spot as well because he's been making plays pretty consistently. Yeah, one uh, interesting uh, player, again, we talk about how little Butte played uh, Mm -hmm. tonight, even though he started. One guy who played a lot um, tonight, 
which I didn't necessarily expect would be one of the players who would play a lot was Jack Jones. Mm -hmm. One, what do you make? And he wasn't, he, he definitely uh, had a couple moments where, uh, you, you know, he wasn't great, but also just interesting that he played as much as he did. What do you make of both the fact that he was in there uh, deep into the game and, uh, and his overall performance? Yeah. Jack is someone who his highs are really high. He brings a lot of fire, a lot of passion. You saw it on the couple plays he made against the run where he really stood out. But even against the Packers, when I watched the All-22, I noticed there were a couple times where Jordan Love just didn't exploit a couple opportunities where he got beat deep. And I, I don't know if that plays into their consideration because – now, even last year that was happening, and he still played a pretty big role. I just think Jack Jones, for all his positives, is a very inconsistent player. And we saw that tonight where he had a 30-yard reception. He had the DPI on a play that he usually makes. He's really good when he's in that trailing position and recovers late, gets his head around and makes plays on the ball. Didn't this time and got called for it. Got stiff-armed by Tajay Spears. Um, and again, four of the positive plays he had against the run. There was another one where I mentioned on Calvin Munson when he bit too far inside. Jack Jones had some poor eye discipline where he saw, uh, I think it was a receiver wrapping around a block, ran all the way across the formation and didn't realize the run was coming back and looked like he vacated his responsibility. There was another play where it didn't count against him or anything, uh, but I think he was in a, a, a cloud zone in cover two where he was playing underneath. And you didn't really notice it. I kind of saw it when I was watching the highlights where he completely lost his receiver and had to turn around to kind of chase. So it's things like that where his eye discipline can wane. His coverage isn't always great where he can bite on things and get beat behind him. So I wasn't surprised to see him around so long, um, especially considering we don't know what his legal situation is. So they probably just want to get him as many reps as possible in case he misses time or what have you. We don't, but what are you doing there at the cornerback position? If you want Jones to, if you want John Jones to play in the slot, what are you doing opposite Christian Gonzalez there? I think it's. I think Miles Bryant's just going to be your slot guy. And I know people don't like that, but kick, as long as Miles, jo you kick John back outside. Yeah, and I think that's – on early downs when they're playing zone, which I think they're going to be playing a lot of, like, for example, the Eagles don't expect a lot of man coverage from them. I think it's going to be like Joe Burrow where it's a ton, a ton of cover two to take care of the dynamic duo with A.J. Brown and uh, Devontae Smith. So, again, I think it's going to be a more zone-heavy team than people may realize, uh, which is where I think Miles Jones thrives. If you're playing zone, you got Gonzalez and John Jones on the outside, Miles Bryant inside, I think you're fine. When it comes to man coverage, I think maybe we'll see more Marcus Jones rotate in. Um, but again, for all Jack Jones's playmaking ability, it's that inconsistency where even if he doesn't play, yes, you do lose what he brings you. <coughs> but I don't think it's a massive drop off in terms of what you have on the field, because Marcus Jones doesn't make quite as many plays, but does have the ability and is more consistent in terms of being in position. Now, at the same time, Marcus is someone who has a smaller frame and we saw that get exploited in joint practices against the Packers at certain points in the preseason. So I'm not saying it's perfect. You know, definitely there's each of those young Jones guys has their strengths and their pretty clear weaknesses, but I think they have other plans. And someone mentioned Sean Wade. I think he's been really good in the slot. Uh, he had a good, uh, he looked good against John Mechie against the Texans had the touchdown against Jaden Reed. But I think there were a lot of factors that played into that. I don't really say like bad job, Sean Wade. Uh, he's someone I think who's had a pretty good preseason. So they have options. You know, they're not John Jones. It's not necessarily Christian Gonzalez where you put them in there and they're like, yeah, every down, I want them there. They're consistent. But if Jack Jones isn't on the field, I don't think it's the massive drop off that people are kind of making it out to be. Okay. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there um, as, as far as that goes with the secondary. But I, 
How did yeah. Trump end up in this cat? Whatever. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just looking at the comments and people are going That's fine. One thing I wanted to throw out as well, uh, not to go deep on it, but Malik Cunningham, everybody's trying to freak out, trying to see him get some quarterback reps, you know, and I think, I think the die is cast there in terms of what he's going to be. He's going to be a, he might get some gadget plays and some snaps, you know, and they maybe make a package of plays for him. Um, but he did get some run at wide receiver today. And I think one thing we can determine at least at this point in his um, development is he's not a wide receiver, um, not at the NFL level. Uh, not yet. Doesn't mean he will never be, but at this point in time, nine targets, one catch, um, not think, running, not running the right routes. Receiver period. Not, receiver not period. really being able to separate <laughs> against against uh, NFL DBs. I, I don't. I don't. I think it's cute, uh, but it's not. <laughs> I don't think it's happening. So you know yeah. that is what it is. There, uh, you know, for 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 the Malik Cunningham uh, fan club. And, uh, and I will say this real quick because, like, just to put Malik Cunningham because the obvious comparisons are Jacoby Myers and Julian Edelman is the guys who were. Uh, you know, uh, quarterbacks in college and then made the transition. They're so different because Edelman dynamic in space, but was also like pretty big. People forget that, like, yeah, he was relatively short, but Edelman was a pretty strong dude. Strong guy. And Jacoby Myers also was someone who was contributing in the run game pretty early on. He was relatively frail, but he's still a tall, bigger guy. Malik Cunningham, if you see him in positions where he needs to be physical, he's just not that guy. Like you say, oh, he's on special teams. He's a gunner. Like, I don't think he's good at those things. I, I know they're trying him out there, but I haven't really been impressed with him in those roles. I hope that once they get him onto the practice squad, this has just been a thing where they try to see what he can do and kind of hide his ability to play quarterback. Because I think that's where he's most valuable. I think his poise is rare um, and his ability to navigate the pocket and his ability to put touch on throws, things like that. I think that's where his NFL future is because the rest of the stuff, I just don't think he has the body type to succeed as a receiver because he's a liability as a run blocker. I don't think he's got the size and physicality to succeed on special teams. Uh, so, yeah, I hope that this was just, you know, an attempt to kind of hide him and what he can do because I, I just don't see that being his no. path in the NFL. No, uh, I think that puts a bow on this game, but we have a few NFL related things we want to talk about and some of them impact the Patriots. Um, final thoughts here, Taylor. We've, we've covered it all. I think so. Um, maybe just uh, let me see. Right notes real quick. I touched on like we talked about Riley Reef. Don't know what his status is. You're hoping that he'll be available week one because the Patriots are already pretty shallow. Uh, Thyric Pitts had that really, really good play on the slant where he powered through. He's someone that I've been saying for about a week now uh, that I think he's going to be on the practice squad. Obviously, Trey Nix ending up on injured reserve almost solidified that in my mind. But because he has that X body type, I thought that that uh, was a spot for him. And Chasen Hines. Uh, had three uh, impact – or I'm sorry. He hit three defenders on the touchdown run that Kevin Harris had, had some good plays on screens. I liked what I saw from him. And then Pierre Strong finally uh, showed some shake and made a defensive back miss. He did. Yeah, and, and we criticized him for that one opportunity he had uh, – uh, was it last game or, or the game before where he yeah. had <laughs> maybe the first preseason game had a chance to make someone miss in space, did not. Of course, Taylor found – you know – you know, found a justification for why that didn't happen. The ball was a little bit behind him, and but still, it was nice to see him do that because that's what you want to see out of that. And I'm sorry, uh, last one, last one, Ronnie Perkins. Ronnie Perkins literally left it all out there. 
guts and all. Um, it, it sucks that it looked like he might have gotten hurt. He looked really mad when he left the field, didn't come back. Uh, but you got to call him out because he's somebody who's been pretty invisible because of injuries his entire career. Really did ball out, uh, had some good plays against the run yeah. and the pass. So I wanted to give him credit as well. He had a really good night. Yeah. Um, all right. We got a few more things to he talk about. On we, field. That's hilarious. He, he did puke on the field. <laughs> I, sometimes you just have to call it what it is. We do want to tell you briefly about our uh, sponsor here, FanDuel, because <laughs> really we've got a double deal going on at FanDuel and you have to sign up through our special URL, FanDuel dot com slash Boston in order to go get uh, this offer, which is actually a really, really good one. You do have the uh, bet five. Uh, you sign up, you bet five, you get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. That's pretty awesome. The second thing is all customers who do bet that $5 get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. So that's also a very cool thing to start this NFL season. All, all you got to do is bet five bucks. You sign up, bet five bucks. If you were planning on signing up for this DirecTV package or DirecTV on this YouTube package, no longer on DirecTV, YouTube or YouTube TV, $100 off, bang, automatic, right then and there. So there's no reason not to do this if you were going to do that. <laughs> so go check it out, fanduel.com slash Boston. You do have to be 21 and over or, I'm sorry, and over or over. Um, you got an added, oh, Amit made a little graphic for it too. Check us out with the Sunday ticket. That's hot. That is hot. Um, <clears throat> 21 or over. Um, present in Massachusetts. First online real money wagers only. You do have to deposit $10 to get started, but only bet five. Uh, bonus are issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire after seven days. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash Boston. Any sort of issues with gambling, you have a gambling problem or you need help, go to gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. The NFL Sunday ticket offer ends 9-18, So you do have to get involved there if you're going to get that $100 off uh, the NFL Sunday ticket. Uh, YouTube TV is required in order to take advantage of that. So go check that out. Um, Patriots lose to the Titans in their preseason opener. Uh I mean, a preseason closer, the final preseason game. Only three. This is what they do now. They have next week off, and then they open up against the Eagles. A couple more things for us to talk about. One quick programming note. The Pats Nation podcast will be going live right after this show. So okay. if you want to keep the conversation going, you can jump on there. But a couple things going on in the NFL world, and one of them has some direct tie potentially uh, to the Patriots, and that is uh, the Dolphins uh, getting goofy here and possibly being involved and some other teams as well in trade talks for Jonathan Taylor. Dolphins, as we know already, um, definitely a real team might be considered a contender. I don't know if they're a legit Super Bowl contender or not, but certainly they have a lot of things going for them, particularly in the offensive side of the ball. Um, how big a move, like how much does this move the needle for them? Uh right now adding a weapon like Taylor if they were to do it uh to you know that kind of explosive passing uh offense uh that they have now obviously with uh Tyree Kill and, and and Waddle there on the outside yeah well, run game at the end of the day always comes down to the offensive line like a back can only do so much it and does I'm, but he is a home run threat in addition yeah, to I, that yeah the precursor I'm building yeah. up but uh yeah no I'm 
offensive line is obviously important, but McDan- Mike McDaniel, who made his bones in the NFL as a run game guy, um, he's said that he really wants to put more emphasis on running the ball this year and not just put everything on his <laughs> receivers, which, I mean, they're still fantastic either way. But, yeah, I mean, if the offensive line holds up, then that is a move that very much moves the needle because Jonathan Taylor is one of the few backs who really gave the Patriots trouble despite what I thought. Like, they had a good defense. It was when they had Hightower. They had Van Noy. It wasn't like, you know, some performances where the offense or the, the defensive front isn't at full strength and guys can pop off. Like, no, they had a pretty good performance, and Jonathan Taylor just showed why he's one of the league's best backs. If they got him – I would be pretty concerned because that's a lot of firepower through the air and on the ground on top of the fact they already have a bunch of other really good backs behind him. So I'm really hoping that one doesn't play out because I think if you have to worry about Jonathan Taylor and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, that's just, that's a lot, a lot of speed and explosiveness to have to corral. Um, I think that is the kind of thing that could bring them from just a, you know, a playoff contender. I think maybe that does make you a bit of a Super Bowl contender because he's the kind of back that takes a lot of pressure off your quarterback. Because even if you, like you said, even if the run game isn't fan, I'm sorry, if the blocking isn't fantastic, he is still a home run threat. So all it takes is that one play. And as we know, the best in later in the season, football's played in the cold. The Patriots make their living off of just dominating on the ground in some of those cold weather games towards the end of the year. So, yeah, I think that really <clears throat> does kind of boost them up a little bit in terms of how dangerous they are because he's a fantastic player. Obviously, coming off injury, you don't know for sure what he's going to be, uh, but he's still a young guy. I'm sure he'll bounce back pretty significantly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that doesn't come to fruition because that would be a very scary offense. Yeah. And um, it already is. It is, and, uh, you know, rich get richer, so to speak. But, again, yeah. hasn't happened yet. We'll see. The other major NFL story was basically that Trey Lance, the 49ers gave up on him um, completely. <clears throat> he was uh, – Sam Darnold was named the backup to Brock Purdy, who was Mr. Irrelevant a year earlier. And the player who was taken number three overall, that San Francisco traded all of those picks in order to get his career with the Niners was basically over Uh, and they, and you know, maybe a day after that, boom, trade to the Cowboys. Um, You know, it's a really interesting story. The guy didn't get much of a chance. Um, You know, when he was finally named the starter, he played one game, you know, basically in the mud and his second broke his leg in the second game. And that was it. That was the end of the Trey Lance experiment. He came in in camp this year. He, didn't wasn't even really given an opportunity to compete. I guess if he came in, it was awesome. Maybe he could have fought for his job. He was an afterthought entering camp, and he and and he was an afterthought when it ended. And here the Cowboys uh, step up with a fourth round pick. Uh, do you think there's any hope uh, that Trey Lance uh, resurrects his career and becomes an NFL quarterback, or was this just, oops, you know, this guy wasn't who we thought he was? Yeah, from the 49ers, like him with the 49ers perspective, I think it was just a tough situation because he got hurt. Then he had legitimate competition that he had to battle and just never really got a chance. I think the 49ers were also in a tough position because he was injured and there weren't really a lot of reps to give him. I'm sure it probably wasn't great for his confidence. So I'm glad that he gets to go to a good situation where he isn't going to be expected to play. But we've also seen Dak Prescott miss games pretty consistently. So maybe he does get a chance to perform pretty early. Uh, I... I do think he's got a good chance because I think they've got a good staff around him and Dak will be a good mentor, got good weapons and a really good supporting cast. So 
Uh, I think it's one of the better situations he possibly could have gone to. I think it's way too early for anybody to say what he is or what he isn't because, again, like he's been in the league for a while, but he hasn't shown much of anything on the field. So I can't say whether or not I think he's – how good he's going to be, but I think he is talented, and I think he's a smart guy, and I think he – from everything I've ever heard is he's a hard worker. So, you know, if he has a chance to get healthy, to get some actual opportunities, develop some confidence, and be in a system that caters to what he does best, I would – you know, I would love to see maybe – either taking over for Dak because now the Cowboys have leverage when it comes to his contract negotiations. Um, or maybe the Cowboys flip him for a pick once, you know, he gets a preseason under his belt where it's like, Oh wow. Trey Lance can actually do something. So I'm rooting for him. Um, I think he has the talent and the, uh, the effort and the mental capacity to be a good player, but you know, we'll see. It is incredible. When you look at that draft trading up to the third spot, to 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 you know and give all those picks away to get Lance and look at every single player that went after him in that draft. My goodness, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Penny Sewell, J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertan, Devonta Smith, Justin Fields, Micah Parsons, Rashawn Slater. Holy wow! Like you couldn't miss. And then the the second and the did. third picks, bust bust. <laughs> Zach Wilson and uh and 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 uh. And Trey Lance, and again, amazingly, each of them complete bust outs halfway through their second years or, or, or earlier. It was, I mean, you don't see somebody, you don't see players get picked that high and have franchises give up on them that quick. That's that's what makes me wonder here is to give up this fast on both those players has to mean they don't think there's any chance in hell that they have that, that they can be NFL caliber players. At least those two, are, at least those two organizations don't. And they're also guys whose confidence is probably in the toilet right now. Totally. Like Zach Wilson was rattled. I, again, we didn't see Trey Lance, but I'm sure with everything going on, you had Fred Warner going up and talking to the media about the situation. Like that was, it just didn't seem like a very healthy thing going on there. So, um, yeah, I hope that Lance can rebound in his career because they just were both in some really tough positions. Yeah, we will see. Um, uh, you know, and again, you never root against people, maybe against Zach. Zach, Zach seems kind of douchey. Um, that's I, why I didn't say anything about Zach. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. He, I, I said it. He looks like the bad guy in a Disney Channel original movie. Like, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. He's, he was mean to, you know, yeah, right. The, uh, I, I always, I like Trey Lance. I kind of, that was my <clears throat> cross fingers hope that the Patriots could have found a way to get him. Um, so, you know, it's the way that it turned out. I, I do feel bad there. Um, once again, Patriots lose this preseason game. Uh, to the Titans, <clears throat> nobody of value really played. Really rough game for Bailey Zappi. 79 yards of total offense. This was brutal. I'm mad that I'm here. I'm mad that we had to watch this game. I'm mad that we had to talk about it. But it's part of the gig. And Taylor, Taylor's always got a smile on his face. He's not mad about anything. He's going to write about it now. So you can go check out a deeper dive into what we saw tonight on CLNSmedia.com. And there will be some more coverage throughout. And then we've got nothing but lead up to the regular season. And here we go. All systems go. Um you know, uh, looking ahead to the Eagles a couple of weeks from now. So that should be a ton of fun. But Taylor will have the team covered in Foxborough, uh, you know, as they continue to <clears throat> practice and prepare for the season opener and hopefully find some good health. There'll be some roster decisions, too. Should there be any earth shattering breaking news, you can always stay tuned to this channel. We will go live if something major happens. Otherwise, um, you can just follow us on a regular basis and we'll have all the news updates analysis that you need. 
want to remind you again, Pats Nation podcast about to go live as soon as we sign off. So if you want to uh, listen to a little bit more football talk, you can uh, hang out there. Otherwise, we will see you guys later. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Patriots go down. Preseason is over. Regular season just around the corner. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> Take care.